lemonade stand. I want this show to be about us, people like you and me, who have had days that we didn't feel like getting out of bed, maybe. This isn't about a sweet drink. It's Lemonade, A-I-D, like Band-Aid, a place where things can get fixed. We share experiences in hopes that will encourage and strengthen each other. I am a wife and a mother and a person who's had some good days and some hard days. That's why I'm here to talk to you this evening. Thank you for being a part of the show. Tonight, I have a very wonderful guest here with me who has been through a transplant and is willing to talk about it with us and his feelings about donating organs. His name is Sam. He is an American Fork police officer. He has a beautiful family, four boys and one new little daughter. Hi, Sam. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing so great. Good. Uh, you've been asked to come here and share some very personal experiences with us, and I appreciate your willingness to do that. Why don't you start out by taking us back to the beginning. You had a kidney transplant how many years ago? It's been four. I had a kidney pancreas transplant. Now, what led up to the situation of you needing a transplant? Uh, I've been a diabetic for several years. I found I had diabetes when I was 12 years old. And over the course of time, the disease of diabetes took its toll on my kidneys, where my kidneys were finally shutting down and not functioning anymore. I was to about 20% of function when my doctor suggested I go and see people about a transplant. So they sent me to LDS Hospital where I met with the transplant team up there and talked about a kidney transplant. They also mentioned the fact about having a pancreas transplant at the same time, something we'd never heard of or even thought of doing. I had a lot of questions about that and found that having the pancreas transplant is more or less a cure for the diabetes. Now, I shouldn't say a cure because I'm still susceptible of getting it again of going through the same thing I'd gone through my whole entire life. And so, however, I haven't had a drop of insulin since that day. I've had just a wonderful life since the day I had that transplant four years ago. And it's just been wonderful. I feel healthier. I have more energy. I just, I am a 100% new person as a result of that transplant. That's incredible. Now, back when you were told that you might need a kidney transplant, I mean, was this something that you were planning and had to wait for for a long time? I know some people get on those waiting lists for transplants for months or even years and have to just wait. What happened there? It, it does take a long time. You, you can wait for quite a while for your turn, for lack of a better word, to come up for a transplant. As we were talking about it, I was getting progressively sicker and sicker because of my kidneys shutting down and not working. Um, they talked about going on dialysis. Now, as a policeman, I couldn't see spending half of every day doing dialysis. I just, I have a lifestyle where I just couldn't do that. So I basically refused. I just refused to believe that I would have to do dialysis. I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I could do it. Um, however, as I got sicker and sicker, the more that was appealing to me to, if I could feel better, I wanted to do that. I went to the LDS hospital, met with the transplant people, and found out about the things I had to do to get on the list, which there's hundreds of things it seems like you have to do. Yeah. They, they do everything from making sure your heart is strong enough to go through surgery to you see a, oh, it's a counselor to see if you're mentally mm -hmm. stable enough to mm -hmm. go through a transplant. They look at your insurance to see if you can afford medication while you're on your transplant, things like that. And so we went and we did all those kind of things, and then we got on what they call the list and we waited for our opportunity or our chance, for lack of a better word. And we were lucky. We were very lucky. We were on the list for about four months when oh, my yeah. turn came. And at our home, we call that nothing short of a miracle. We really think it was a miracle at our house that that happened. And it's been wonderful. 
I've had two children since then and increased our family. I, like I said, I feel healthy, strong. Now, you were a policeman up until having the transplant, too. I'm sure you were out of work for a while after the transplant, but up until the transplant, were you even able to work very much? I was able to work. However, I lived in constant fear that something with my diabetes would happen that would cause me to not be able to work anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there's millions of people out there that don't have insurance or they have insurance and if they lose their job now, all of a sudden they don't have insurance. So all those things came into play, and I worried constantly. Um, diabetes, if your blood sugar goes low, you basically lose consciousness until someone gives you sugar or something to bring you out. And that happened a couple of times at work. And fortunately, I have good friends that work with me and people on the ambulance crew that knew me. And they could give me some medication, which brought me right out, and, or right back. And it did happen a couple, a couple of times. Each time that happened, I worried. Yeah. Is this the time where the boss comes in and says, hey, we can't have you out here driving a car. We mm -hmm. can't have you doing these kind of things. So I worried about it constantly. And when we got that opportunity to finally learn about um, a kidney and a pancreas transplant, it was just unbelievable to us that we could actually do something like that. How did, who, who told you about it? How did you find out about it? I have a kidney doctor that I was seeing for medication for my kidneys because I was having such problems. And they mentioned the fact that I should maybe consider having a, a kidney transplant. Mm. So when we met with the transplant people, my mother and dad went, my sister went, and they were all tested to see if they were compatible, if they would uh, match to give it to donate. My darling, loving wife went and to see if she was tested, you know, was tested to see if she was co compatible to do that. And I believe it was my father that was the closest one, that was the closest match. And we had agreed, or my dad had volunteered basically, that he would donate a kidney if that's what would happen. And thank goodness we didn't have to go that route and we had someone who was generous enough to make a very loving donation to our family. And I'm talking to Sam. And Sam, another question I had for you was, uh, you were just getting to that, about your father being a match. Now, I know some people can donate even, you know, they don't have to die to, to donate. There was actually an auction just recently on eBay, I don't know if you heard about it, where someone was going to auction their kidney, and the, it got up to $6 million that people were willing to pay for this type of thing. Obviously, the auction had to be pulled, you know, eBay found out about it and said, no way, you know, we aren't doing stuff like that. But I'm sure, you know, in that kind of situation, I mean, I know a lot of people, I felt that even if they don't have a lot of money, should still have the opportunity to keep on living. I don't think it should be to the highest bidder. And I know you were saying that your father was willing to donate. You actually got your kidney from someone who died. Is that That's right? correct. I, I don't know who that person was. I don't know who that family is. Um, I've sat down hundreds of times to write them a letter of thank you. I just can't do it. Um, I cannot express in the words what I want to tell someone who can make such a gift. Um, saying thank you just doesn't seem it doesn't enough. Seem it just doesn't seem right. But I am. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. My children are so grateful. My wife, my parents, people that know me, to know that I am here because someone's made such a generous gift, a donation. Probably the worst time of their life to make that decision. They did, and... I'm here because of that. I have a wonderful life because someone was willing to take that time and make that decision of um, donating their loved one's organs. And that's why with having Katrina on last week and kind of sharing her side of being the one to actually have to make that decision to give up those organs and how many people her husband was able to save. And I know there's, there's millions of people out there that do do this. I'm 
you know, I know it's not a rare thing, but at the same time, we need more people that are willing to donate, too. We do. There are so many people that are waiting. I, I know people myself that are just waiting. And if more people were willing to make that donation, people wouldn't have to wait so long. People wouldn't have to wait on a list for a year or two years. It might be a week or two weeks or whatever the process would take for them to do that. If more people were willing to make that donation and to let their family know that, hey, this is what my wish is, this is my desire. Exactly. And help them to understand this is what I want to do. I want to be able to help people. Yeah, I want people to go on living even though I can't. I mean, that's a very Correct. important decision. That's something that you should be able to decide ahead of time. I, and I think the biggest problem is people don't talk about it. That's right. People don't sit down with their spouse and say, you know, if something were to happen to me, this is what I would like to do. Or how do you feel if I would be willing to do this if something were to happen? Well, death is that thing. You just don't want to go there that's, anyway, especially with a spouse. You just don't even want to imagine that's how it would be. And I'm sure you guys got had to get pretty comfortable talking about it, too. I mean, I'm sure that was an option it, it, there for a while. It was... That was a really that was a reality. That as as I got sicker and sicker, I was still working, and I was I was very lucky. I mean, there were other options available to me, like dialysis, those kind of things. So, yeah. But uh, you could eventually just get sick and die just from diabetes. It, it takes a toll on your body, and that was basically what was happening. And I was just too stubborn to say, hey, I'm going to go through all this and do these kind of things. We were holding out and we were hoping, you know, there's got to be something else. And when they sent us to the transplant team at, in Salt Lake, it was wonderful. It was great. We came back and we, of course, we had a lot of questions about, you know, receiving an organ. How long will I be away from work? Does the insurance pay for it? You know, what do all these things, what does it cost? What will happen afterwards? And so we had hundreds of questions that we had to go home and think about and, and do, but it didn't take long for us to say, boy, this is going to make me feel better and this is going to help me. And it was something that we wanted to do. Yeah. Those, uh, there was a one point in my life where I'd said, hey, this is enough. I don't care. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I had a kind, very loving mother that sat me down and said, look, this is your option. You know, and that's not a very good option. Um, I didn't like that, and I had that one time in my life, and it was hard, and I worked my way through that, and kept going and kept going until finally, you know, four years ago, we, here we come again. We've got a problem with the kidneys, and I never really looked at it as, oh, great, why me? Because I was given a great opportunity that I could change that. Mm. And it didn't take very long. Now, if I was like people I know that wait and wait and wait, I'm sure I might have thought, wow, here's a, here's a bunch of lemons. What am I going to do now? Yeah. But it happened so quickly for us that we didn't have a very long period. Now, we did sit down and go, when's something going to happen? Yeah. You know, it seems like we're waiting for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, four months can really drag on, I'm sure, it too. It doesn't sound like it now, but that day in and day out of, are we going to get that phone call? Exactly. And then looking back on it now, I think, wow, four months compared to what other people had to wait or are waiting it was nothing yeah. I mean it was just nothing but I was getting sicker and I was getting sicker and you know I was just getting tired a lot and I didn't have a lot of energy and I kept thinking boy if dialysis is going to help that maybe we ought to consider that mm -hmm. and I was just about to that point when one day I got a phone call and they said hey you need to come up here right now I'm like right now no one's home I'm it <laughs> I'd like to tell my wife and they said well you better come up and like within the next two hours and so while I was waiting for my wife to come home and the kids to come home to be, I'd been gone to work all day. Finally, they came home and we went to Salt Lake. And the rest of it's just been excellent. It's been wonderful. 
This is the Lemonade Stand that you're listening to, and my name's Heidi, and I'm talking to Sam here, who had a kidney transplant just a few years ago, and he's been sharing some of his thoughts and feelings about what he went through. Uh, he just mentioned here that he got that phone call, and he only waited four months for it, and I was just going to ask, how, what was the reaction in your house that day? I mean, you said you were home alone. I mean, when your wife comes home and your kids, it's got to be this incredible, almost like this rush feeling, too. You've got to get there. I mean, time time is ticking, right? I mean, there's... I'm not very patient. Yeah. I hate to be late. <laughs> um, I, I took it out on my wife. No one was home. I'd just come home from a uh, training I'd been to. We'd been out in the desert. The SWAT team had been out at the desert. I was hot. I was tired. I walked in and the phone was ringing. And more than anything, I wanted a drink of water. <laughs> it was so hot that day. And I thought, I'm just going to let the phone ring. And I picked up the phone and it, I believe her name was Sue. I don't think I'll ever forget. And she says, this is Sue with transplant. We need you to come up here right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's why I said, right now? No one's here. And I had no clue where my wife was. There was no note, no nothing. I'd been gone. I'm sure she wasn't expecting me to come home at that time. Well, finally she came walking in. It's like, where have you been? I'd call them everywhere. <laughs> you know, I was very tense because yeah. this was our moment. This is your And yeah. if you wait too long, if they, you know, if you can't be here in two hours, we'll call the next person on the list. And it was like... I was going crazy. Where is everyone? Well, my wife showed up, and honey, I'm sorry, I don't even remember where you were. <laughs> and the kids showed up, and we got a babysitter and those kind of things, and finally we took off to Salt Lake. And then we ended up waiting. You know, things took time, and there's paperwork, insurance, things, that, which I'd done all those things, but they do them anyway, and so it took some time. So I'm sure I took it out on my wife, and I'm really sorry I did that, but it was a wonderful day. We finally made it there. Um, at that point, I was on what they call an insulin pump for diabetics, where it gives you constantly insulin that you just kind of change every few days. And when they took that away to go into surgery, I'd had that for so long. It was like, what am I going to do with, without that? I'm not going to take insulin yeah. shots anymore. It was just, it was like a whole different world different of doing that. Yeah. And now is all I do is swallow a few pills a day. And people look at me and you, they say, you take how many pills at a time? And to me, that's nothing to swallow a couple of pills a day compared to the way I was and the way that I am now, and the wonderful help that I have, because someone made such such a wonderful gift. Now, I know a lot of times, you know, they, they say there's rejection and different things like that, too, with, with organs, and that that can be a big risk. What, I guess you didn't have any problems, or still not yet, or did you ever have a time? I, I've never had any problems with the transplant. Um, I stayed in the hospital for five days. I went home, which I was oh. just shocked. I went home in five days. I spent five days at home. And I went back to work. Um, it's kind of interesting to think that you go back to work af after just 10 days of being away from home. Then I had a few little pro minor problems, just some surgery problems, not anything mm -hmm. to do with the transplant, but you know, I had a pain over here or something that mm -hmm. I ended up back in the hospital for one or two days while they figured out what it was and went right back home and went back to work. And I went back to work, and six months later, I had another little problem with something back in the hospital for two days, and back to work. And I was just, it, it is, it's just nothing short of a miracle mm -hmm. that I could just go and have that done, and ten days later, I'm back to work. Better than ever. Better than ever. You know, it was, it was just, it was wonderful. It's the difference between night and day. Of, of receiving that transplant. That's so great. There's kind of a special feeling with people that have been technically given a second chance, I guess you could say. Oh, you can, you can say that. No <laughs> Definitely a second chance. <laughs> but I think that you, when you're sick, you have a really good outlook on what life should be. 
and what you would like life to be. And then when you do get that second chance, you look at it and you're thinking, okay, I just got everything I ever wanted, and that was to be around to see my kids grow up, mm -hmm. to be around to see this or that, you know, and grandchildren, whatever. And now you've got that second chance, and so what do you do with it? And maybe everyone has to answer that question for themselves is, now what do I do? Yes. I just got handed everything I ever wanted, and so what do I do with that? I think you do have a better understanding maybe of what life should be and what life is because yeah. you have you've got a second chance and so now what do you do with it well when you had that opportunity to have that major realignment of priorities too i think because i think i tend to personally just kind of get a little off on things i think are so important things i think i need to have and you know you have those days when when something will happen in your life a little trial a little stumbling block or something you sit back and go wow i really am blessed you know, I need to stop wanting and wanting because I look at what I've got, you know, my home and my family and my friends and really what more is there, you know, when you look at it like that. And we all have different experiences that make us go, whoa, okay, right. life is good. When you're going along and things are good and when things are good, you s seem to forget those little things because life is so sweet. Okay. Here we go, we're going this direction and we forget little things or we push them aside because they don't matter anymore. Someone who has been critically ill or sick understands that hey it is those little things I had a second chance and for the first first year of that second chance boy every little thing meant the world you know and because I'm healthy and strong and as life goes on it's it's like okay am I pushing those little things aside again well of course I am yeah. and so you, that's when you run across those little things that you say that brings you back to reality yeah, and you can say hey look you know you've given you've been given this great chance to do things so what are you doing? That's right. So. A lot of us don't have that reminder of our of needing a transplant, though. You know, we'll have different things happen to us that'll make us go, okay, I need to, you know, get, get priorities straight here and remember why I'm here and what I need to do and to just hug those kids a little bit tighter or yep. hug that husband or, or that wife <laughs> a little bit tighter and just be glad you're here more than anything. I now have an 11-year-old son that we found out just a few months ago that now has diabetes and he takes insulin shots. And he's... The first day in the hospital was really neat, you know, people were waiting on him hand and foot, that wore off, you know. <laughs> now he's dealing with the fact that he has to take insulin shots and those kind of things, and so. But he's doing really well with it. Okay. I'm really proud of what he's doing, so he'll just keep going. Let's go to a call holding, and we got Katrina and Payson. Hi, Katrina. So it's great to hear um, what happens after, um, when the families actually do receive the, the, the things. Um, and then survive through it. That's right. I bet it's been encouraging to hear Sam's story tonight and kind of can take it personally, like maybe it would be someone that your husband would have given an organ for, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I would hope that that they can still move on on a normal day-to-day -day basis and have everything function properly. want to know that they're still doing okay and that they went to a good family, but you don't. That's right. I want them to live on and be happy and um, and live on with their lives and so but it is great to hear that that there are success stories. That's right. Katrina? Yes. Thank you so very much for that for what you did. I don't know who donated to me and my family and I might not ever know. And so as a recipient I just want to tell you thank you so very much for what you did. Um, you're welcome. It, uh, I don't know. It was definitely a hard decision, but one that um, I'm so...
one of the things that uh, they encourage you as a recipient is to write a letter to, you never know who they are, they keep them anonymous for whatever reason. Um, I agree with some of the reasons why they kept them anonymous, and I disagree with some of the reasons they keep them anonymous, just like Katrina says. She'd like to know how people are doing and are, are things going okay. I've, I've sat down to write that family a letter a hundred different times, and one of the things that I could not do was mention God anywhere inside of that letter. And I didn't feel like I could do that. I have a strong belief and a strong faith in God. Um, like I've said several times tonight, we consider it a miracle at our house that someone would think of someone else and make such a generous gift. And I just couldn't write somebody without saying, you know, we, we felt like it was a miracle. We felt like it was a blessing from, from God that helped our family. The dad's still around. And so it was just so hard to do. I just couldn't do it. And so because I don't know who it is, and because I haven't communicated with them, any opportunity I get to tell them thank you, I do. Just in case if you might be that one person that had to make that decision that helped me out in my life. And so it's excellent she called it. I could actually tell her thank you. Yeah. And I know that Katrina's organ, I mean, obviously it didn't go to you. You know, her husband's organ didn't go to you. But still, you've got this bond here that, you know, sure. she's, she wants to know and you want to know. And so it's good that you guys can kind of feel that from each other and that she can hear how it is how it is for someone to receive one and then you can feel how it is for someone to give one up all right yes you can really have that bond there i appreciate that i appreciate you being here and sharing your story with us and the, and katrina calling in to finish up what we started on last week i feel like this has been very enlightening experience talking with you and i've learned so much and i've really appreciate having you here we can take time now for our sweet seconds if, if you remember your challenge at the time when you praise the work of someone or you have thanked someone that has done something in, in the service field you know i know we we go to restaurants we go to gas stations we do a lot of grocery stores everything that people are able to serve us and i want to know i want to hear your story of how you thank someone in the last week or two anything yet sam last week when you talked about the bagger and used their name you know I've noticed that people in the service field, have, they all have name tags That's on them, right. whether it's the bagger at the grocery store, that waitress that comes to your table. It drives my wife crazy that I would say, hey, Bill, thanks, or, you know, Susan, I appreciate you doing that. Or It drives it, her crazy because she's like, you don't know that person. Exactly, and you ought to see the look you get from them. They, they, they stare at you they like, do. where do I know you from? <laughs> and Which they don't, but they have that name tag on, so you can talk to them by name. Well, and I know when I worked in the fast food industry, it was I felt like I, I would, I'd look at the person like, do I know you? <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's amazing the reaction you get from people mm -hmm. because you're using their names. So. That's right. I had an experience just this last week, too, where, like I said, my grandma and I go out, you know, every week I, I visit with her. And so I had the opportunity to revisit this restaurant again the following week. And the same young man helped me again. And I had spoken with him the week before and thanked him. And I even commented on his hair. He had this real funky mohawk thing going, you know. And, and I, I mentioned to him that my brother would love his haircut and just made some little small talk with him. So when I walked in a week later, I mean, this guy totally remembered me wow. and was totally willing to drop everything he was doing to come help me, to get what I needed. It's like we made this connection, you know, the week before. I treated him like a human being. I thanked him for what he did for me the following week. And so when I came in again, that stuck with him. And that is how we all are. I mean, we all kind of, you know, oh, that person was extra nice to me. I need to make sure that I'm extra nice back, really. It's exactly. And it's all just because you use someone's name. I mean, it's just to go back again, see me there again. Hey, you know, he's a nice guy. 
but I, I really feel that that's, that's something important that we can all work on. I do have another challenge for you. Keep that one in mind, though. Praising the work of someone, thanking people by using their name, it's just very critical. We, we treat each other like we're friends. I mean, there's no reason not to. If their name's right there on their, on their shirt, then why not say hi? Um, your next week's challenge, and, and Sam will probably appreciate this, and I know my husband will too, just because your goal this next week, I mean, we talked about thanking people in the service industry. This is kind of a, another part of it. I want you to thank a policeman or a fireman or a teacher this week. Because I feel that this job is a very thankless job, these three jobs. Uh, I feel they're very overworked and very underpaid and that a lot of times they don't see the good of what they do. I know policemen come out and they'll save the day and then they're on their way and, you know, no thanks, no, no anything. And teachers the same way. They've taught this child these incredible things and made this child, you know, know all this stuff so they can pass all these tests and move on in life and accomplish great things. No thank you. No, hey, teacher, you're great. It's constant complaining. Oh, you should have been better. Oh, you should have done this. And the teacher's just not good enough for different things. And so, your goal this week is to try not to say something bad about a police a environment or teacher. I know. And I'm sure you, you know about that. Maybe take them a plant. You know, if you're, if you're just driving by here at the grocery store, pick up a little $2 plant, run it into your police station or something bright in someone's day. That is your goal this week. And, and tell me, what happened when you sent a note with your child to thank his teacher or you called the teacher the next day and thank them for just being there. I mean, think of what they're doing for your child. They're there longer hours than you're with your child and they usually don't really hear any good. You know, kids kind of tend to forget to thank teacher for being there and, and kind of take them for granted and, and just kind of thank a teacher. Think of firemen. I mean, think of the risks and, and things they do. This is their profession, and they put their life on the line for us every day, these policemen and firemen, and we need to show them how much we appreciate that they're there for us, and we're going to be a more thankful world here. We're going to try to have a goal to say thanks as much as possible. I hope you've realized tonight how vitally important you are and how you should never doubt your importance, and I appreciate Sam being here to talk about the importance of life and the different things that we can do to improve our life and, and maybe see the value in it and that each one of us are, are put here to accomplish something and, and whether it's just talking about our experiences to strengthen each other or to enrich each other or uplift each other, whatever it is, I, I'm glad that he was here tonight. I've learned a lot. I, I really appreciate you being here. I hope you were able to be refueled tonight so you want to be more compassionate to others and I hope that you can kind of take on this challenge for the sweet seconds, brighten someone's day. We shouldn't have to wait until Christmas to recognize these special people. You know, we gotta, let's have Christmas more throughout the year and do nice things for each other just because we feel like it. And I'm grateful that you were able to join me tonight. And remember, life is what you make it, so let's make it sweet. Have a good night.